Welcome to the People Impact Podcast, because your impact on people matters. We are two visionary coaches exploring ideas about improving the way people lead and work together. Bringing you topics that truly have an impact on people in your organization today. This is for you if you're interested in expanding your perspective on people and on yourself as a human being. For all of you out there who are open to new views, visions, and dreams, featuring Lisa Dempsey. Hello. And me, Marjolein Vleug. And a very special guest with us today um, to talk about aging and aging in the digital world, aging as a topic in workplaces, and more. Um, Mary Jane Roy, welcome. Very happy to have you. Thank you, Marjolein. Thank you very much for inviting me to be here. Actually, I kind of invited myself, didn't I? (laughs) (laughs) It was very mutual. (laughs) Yeah, you came and said, hey. I have a topic and we love that. Exactly. We we invite that at every, uh, at the end of every podcast episode. And we're so happy that you said, me, I have something interesting to say. Yeah. Well, I sure hope that the audience feels that it's interesting as well. I'm sure they will. Please start with introducing yourself. Well, just, uh, I guess, first place to start, I'm Canadian, living here in the Netherlands for 30 years now this year. Mm -hmm. And into my 50th career year, I just kind of did that math recently. And uh, congratulations on the anniversary. (laughs) (laughs) Let's celebrate that. I started my career off and topped off with being a a nursing officer, rank rank of lieutenant in the Canadian Armed Forces. And then, uh, and it was just at a time too, I I find this always interesting because it kind of has led me into this most recent career for the last 10 years, 12 years, uh, that it was a period when cardiovascular diagnostics were just starting. So things like angiograms and echocardiograms, Mm -hmm. they were just being introduced into the medical world. And I had the opportunity to to be on that cusp uh, working in that field. And um, I left the military, left nursing, and after a, a short couple of years co- corporate career, I spent in the next decades, as I can say, uh, as an independent consultant entrepreneur um, in various branches. And and it's only been really uh, because Lisa, you did mention, you know, why this topic of ageism, what's brought me to knock on your doors <laughs> with this topic, and it really started just shortly before COVID hit us and I was attending uh, a workshop in Amsterdam for, and I didn't realize it till I got there, but it turned out to be for 50 plus people who want to reinvent themselves, you know, have been let go, redundant, made redundant, et cetera. Uh, and so this organization was offering all kinds of different workshops for them. And a friend of mine was giving the workshop. So I went to hear him, see him, And I was just amazed by the people I met and the struggles that they have in getting back into the workforce. So that kind of lit a light in me. And I also volunteered and did a a session for them as well. Uh, And my areas of specialty are more in the stress, hardiness, resilience areas. And it was really also well-received and such a grateful group of people. And then in... 21, early in 2021, a friend of mine contacted me and she had set up a platform for 50 plus and she wanted to know if I would like to be part of that platform as an advisor, thought leader, etc. 
So I, I jumped in because the impact from that previous year had stayed with me. And it really has opened my eyes because I've done, again, another deep dive into a topic that I knew very little about, even though I was definitely, you know, I'll be 69 this year. So I'm, I'm definitely in that age group. But because I think I've been an entrepreneur and independent, mm -hmm. that it hasn't had the effect on me as it might have for others working in organizations in the corporate world. So that's what brought me here today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I love that subtle point that you make in that, that, you know, even you as, as an aging person wasn't really aware of this. You, you know, there was, there were some blind spots around it. And, and isn't it fascinating that aging is the one thing that we all share in common, you know, if we're lucky enough, if we're blessed enough to live a long life, it's the one thing that no human being really escapes. And yet this impact it, it is, you know, we're just really, really blind to it. And there's not a lot that's given, not a lot of structure, not a lot of help, not a lot of support that's given to navigate this both as an individual mm -hmm. and within organizations. Yeah, exactly. And, and it, you know, it's something that uh, we all try to hide, you know, uh, most of us, at least, you know, we're not embracing this part of our uh, uh, half of our life, really. You know, if we look at a, a possible hundred year lifespan, that it's uh, it's it's you know, we're just now into the third quarter of 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 our life, and uh, at least I am. You're not there yet, um, but you know, I, it's around the corner. As my husband says, before you know it, you're going to be seventy five. So. Um, you know, that's that's really how we have to start thinking in terms of how can I age healthfully and using all of what I have to stay fulfilled and mm -hmm. uh, and not become redundant uh, in this world. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely and and Lisa, in, in just something that we've talked about, um, but the DEI strategies in most workplaces you know, we're just not focused. There's there's very few that are focused on on aging, on ageism. Yeah, because and, what you just said about you know let's embrace aging that goes both for individuals and navigating that and finding finding their way around that in a world that normally looks at aging, uh, at least in our part of the world, normally looks at aging as as a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. That likewise goes for for the side of of organizations of. Um, talent management of managing teams of, of you know navigating that group of talent in your organization and uh embracing aging from that angle yeah and and it's i think i think if if, if there were more individual conversations going on then we would be less likely to sort of cast the paintbrush over the whole group you know mm -hmm. as we, this or that and Lisa, you have examples, you know, within your HR career of, of situations where the inclination was there to think in certain ways about an aging group within the organization. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there, there are a couple of things that contribute really specifically to um, not only being blind to this bias around ageism, but even supporting it and perpetuating it. And 
you know, one of them is, you know, at least in countries where there are employment contracts and, uh, you know, standard employment contracts in most Western countries, at least, include a clause that says this contract will end by mode of operation on your pensionable age date. Mm -hmm. So there's just this automatic assumption that, hey, there's an age that, you know, depending upon the pensionable age in, in your country of employment, whatever that might be, but there's an age where you become unemployed and that's it. There's no discussion. There's no negotiation. There's no anything. It's just, you know, mode of operation. Yeah. And I know in my HR career, I very rarely questioned that. It was just, you know, it's one of those standard clauses. You're hiring somebody. Most of the time, you know, that date is not just around the corner, which also says a lot about hiring practices, not mm -hmm. hiring a lot of people who are in that age bracket. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like this thing that's very far off. We don't need to question it. Let's look at the more immediate things. You know, let's look at the other things that we can negotiate on. And here we go. We're all going to just accept this assumption that magically somehow at your pensionable age, you're unemployed. Blanket statement. Yeah. Exactly. Here's <laughs> yeah. the exit yeah. door. Thank and you that, very and much. That, and that each, every person is just hanging on waiting for that pensionable day. And that may not necessarily be true. It might be true for some but not for all. And there may be a different day for others. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or it sees, you know, it looks different for people, you know, maybe they want to ease into it, into a, a semi-retirement, you know, cut back on hours and have the flexibility, uh, whatever, come in as a consultant. Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of workarounds that could be found. But when already at the age of 50, you hear that people are being denied career development opportunities because they're too old for them yeah. when they have maybe another 15, 20 years of their career left in front of yeah. them. You know, certainly for the younger generation, I think easy to say it'll probably be close to 70 by the time, uh, you know, the younger generations are, we're, mm -hmm. all, we're at 67 now, I think, here yeah. in the Netherlands at least. So there's, there is, um, yeah, it, and it and it's perpetuated also through uh, marketing. Right? Uh, Mark, Dove, I think, has been one of the few it's products. In, yeah, it's in all kinds of things. It's, it's, it's very pervaded in 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 our general culture. Yeah, and and like you just hinted at, you know, it's likely that younger people will have to be working until they're seventy. You know, the work the workforce needs um, uh, this group, this group of talent. Yeah, and that's and it. It is a group of talent. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's very valuable talent, and uh, the experience, the wealth of knowledge, and and yes, you know, it, it may not be that everybody is geared or set to want to stay in the workforce, but those that do want to should be given an opportunity to. And I know that there's research out there, and I can't quote who it is, but uh, I was mentioning this earlier to you both, uh, but I think it's really significant that multi-generational uh, teams are more productive, are mm -hmm. more creative, more innovative, because you've got, you know, and there's different, there's two two main kinds of learning, from what I understand. Uh, there's, there's something called fluid learning, which until the age of 
25 or so is how, you know, you're like a, a vacuum cleaner sucking up mm -hmm. all this knowledge. Mm -hmm. And then there's crystallized thinking that starts to happen as we mature and get older. And I think this is one of the, the aspects that people think, well, we stop learning at a certain age or our brain stops developing at a certain age. And of course, with neuroplasticity and MRI scans now, research has proven that's bunk. We we can develop new neural pathways, new neural connections till mm -hmm. the day we die. So and we just learn in different ways. Learning in different ways, exactly, yeah. Marilyn. Yeah. 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 And what I appreciate about what you what you just said is that that warrants an individual conversation rather than a blanket statement bias about an entire group. There's so many different stories in different situations for each individual yeah yeah, yeah. and, and well, I think, oh, go ahead Lisa sorry no no it's okay it, it just it, it for me that is exactly the point that then really crystallizes this idea that this is a really important part of DEI strategy mm -hmm. because it is so easy to make these blanket statements to put these blanket modes of operation I mean there there is no other group of human beings in any organization that I know of that are treated in this way, where there's just this simple mode of operation, you know, as of this date, boom, this thing is going to happen to you. There's used to be women get fired as soon as they get married, but that's not in the contracts anymore. <laughs> exactly. You know, having children and getting exactly. married is no longer mm -hmm. a reason to be, you know, forcing women to exit the, the workforce. And yeah. Age should no longer be a, a blanket mode of operation yeah. to force people out of the workforce. And it yeah. is a, um, yeah, it becomes an important part of inclusion because of what you said, MJ, as well, yeah. that, sorry, I call you MJ because that's the nickname that I, just catching it. It comes naturally. It comes naturally. Even they don't know, I, I've, I've actually worked with uh, Mary Jane in, in multiple ways over the years. So, mm -hmm. um, but it becomes this, this um, really important part of inclusion because when you have those more diverse teams as well, including multi-generational mm -hmm. there is more creativity there is more innovation we know this from diversity and inclusion but why yeah. are we not looking at this why are we not looking at towards the older population exactly. as it's a similar as... factor of diversity as are several others yeah and how how can we you know it's we all age so differently yeah this, mm. this is the thing so it's it Again, this blanket idea that 65 is a magic number and you're old, you know, mm -hmm. uh, or at 50, you're old. It, it's, it's if you really stop and think about it, it's the most ridiculous assumption we can make. Just look around, you know, in your environment and you'll see, you know, you'll see the 65 year old who is, you know, feels old and acts old and is very, you know, content in, in whatever lifestyle they've, they've chosen for themselves but there's many others that are still really uh active and want to be part of creating a future for for uh the, the rest you know uh their grandchildren and the grand great grandchildren and wh whoever else you know yeah, yeah. um and something that i've i've heard you in, include in in sharing this 
perspective is that this is not part of most DEI strategies yet. Exactly, and 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 again, the research isn't isn't recent. So, and I can't find anything more substantive. But mm -hmm. it was eight years old. This research from Price Waterhouse Cooper, PwC, and they uh, found that of the sixty some percent of companies at that time who had a DEI strategy, only eight mm -hmm. percent had ageism as part of that DEI strategy. Yeah, yeah. So I and. Okay. Lisa, testing to what we were talking about earlier mm -hmm. uh, before we started the recording, and that is that it's also an indication if we can't find more rec recent research, it's probably still not. It's not even been researched again. <laughs> yeah, yes, you know? It's the question nobody's asking. It's the yeah. thing that nobody's putting a lens on and yeah. going, wait, what about this facet of life that we all will face? Let's yeah. check in on this again and you know seems very likely that that eight percent has not gone up to 98 percent no very likely not. Yeah. Yeah. and i there's a i did find some research that um it was pulled on just this past november and it was um, in the financial times online that and it's uk research but just four in ten managers were open to employing those aged 50 and between 50 and 64, mm. uh, four in 10. So that's 40% to a moderate or large extent. They were willing to hire. It dropped from 65 and older to 18% were willing to hire. So, oh. you know, it, it there is still a, a, I mean, that does give some indication uh, of yeah, uh, yeah. significant It's happening in, in a tight job market. Yeah, especially, well, I don't know. I, I, I honestly have, more difficulty and i do speak and read dutch but i have had more difficulty finding some dutch information mm -hmm. but certainly uk is really uh, uh there's just been a, a cry from the the government you know that if you have retired pre-covid please come back to work mm. <laughs> but now we have to get the people who are doing the recruiting uh and hiring to um to be open to, to to bring them back yeah to change their filter and they're yeah. often very young people so they they have a very different uh, experience of life yeah yeah i heard a term i think they're, they're calling on the economically inactive uh-huh <laughs> ah interesting yeah because yeah. uh, there is you know we, we haven't talked about it but there is uh, there's a lot of economic research and data out there as well about the value that can be added to any country's um, GDP, yeah. It, it, yeah, you know any of the metrics, you know, in the financial sector, of inviting people to stay in the workforce longer. And of course, it's not only to do with, um, you know, then pensions don't get drained, and that's always a very contentious mm -hmm. topic. But there is the fact that. People are living longer, healthier lives. It, 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 I have every reason to believe that I will probably live to be a hundred years old, not mm -hmm. because, you know, I'm spectacularly fit or anything like that, but just, you know, I fit within normal margins and don't have any, you know, long term big diseases. And so I expect that 
I will probably live to be a hundred. I can't imagine what I would do with, you know, more than 30 years mm-hmm. of not working. I, I, I can't, I mean, I, I do very much want to enjoy a retirement. I do mm-hmm. not want to be, I'm not a workaholic. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spend my whole entire life and I don't want to work until the day that I die. Don't fit into that category either, mm-hmm. but I can't fathom what I might do with 30 years of retirement, mm-hmm. much less figuring out how to fund that. But, you know, it, yeah. it and there are plenty of people who do uh, very valuable work that is economically invisible. We had a conversation with the previous guest, Monica Moyen, about that as well. Economically invisible work. So, you know, and, and aging people do uh, take on a lot of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm hearing here and what we're talking about today is that people would prefer to have the option to do uh, to be economically active rather than do economically inactive work. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's having the choice. Having yeah. the choice. That it's yeah. a really well said. Yeah. 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 And, and the yeah. huge blind spot that exists mm-hmm. in this, yeah. you know, that there are all of these things that are inside organizations that just make these assumptions and it's not included in DEI strategies. It's not even included in recent DEI research. Yeah. <laughs> and how yeah. amazing is that? No, yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping there are some really strong voices coming out, um, in particularly out of the US on this. And I think more and more organizations like the one that I'm affiliated with, which is a global online platform with the Wise Move Society, we're making progress but it we need a lot more voices out there you know really uh um highlighting making this uh, a relevant topic uh, as part of dei strategy and we need marketing companies you know to realize that this is a huge market and you know that they're 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 really in essence ignoring the the spending power of this 50 plus age group yeah, and raising the awareness, spotting the biases, yeah, um, incorporating this in 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 changing actions. Yeah, it's a big task, and we're, I'm really glad to be amplifying your voice today uh, and sending this out there. Thank you, Marilyn. Yeah, I'm happy that I could do it. You know yeah. that. Uh, let's uh, let's have more of these conversations. Yes, yeah. let's and and go beyond more podcasts. <laughs> please <laughs> um, what is what is something that you would recommend listeners any listener to start doing or to do first uh, after they've listened to this episode i think uh, have a conversation whether it's with a family member mm-hmm. or it's an employee uh, whether you're an hr you're a team leader whatever role you have have the conversation with the individual, find out what they're looking forward to, what mm-hmm. they want to do with their lives. And uh, yeah, it, listen with an, an open, active mindset. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's really would be my 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 last plea, a call for action. <laughs> Recommendation. <laughs> Recommendation, yeah. 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 But really, almost a plea. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> of the conversations. Yeah. Have a conversation, and then maybe have another one, and have another yeah. one, and take it from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, be open to it and explore it. Stop making the assumptions. Yeah, wonderful. 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. For this conversation, Mary Jane, for bringing your insights and for bringing in the awareness uh, uh, and the statistics and the numbers. It's, uh, it's really been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much. It's been yeah. a great conversation. Yeah, and thanks everyone out there for listening to this episode. Um, if you appreciated this, please share it with other people. Um, perhaps you've been listening to this episode directly online. Uh, do know that you and other people can also find the People Impact podcast on your favorite podcast app. Uh, you can subscribe there to make sure that you're the first to learn about our newest episodes that are coming up in this year. We would love to hear your feedback, your guest suggestions, uh, your topic requests, and we love hearing what's on your mind in the workplace. So do let us know. And until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>